Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. I feel like you've caught me mid-sneeze. I, like, <laughs> literally when Adam started the countdown, I'm like, crap, I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> and I held it in. And it hurts. It hurts, oh, Maggie. <laughs> now my eyes are tearing. Merry Tuesday, as Adam says, to everybody. To you, Maggie. To everybody in the live chat. I see you, Hoshi and MK Songbird. Hello, hello. We got a good lineup today. There's some exciting stuff to talk about. How are you doing today, Maggie? I'm doing pretty good. I cannot believe it's already Tuesday. It feels like it should be Friday. I can't believe the holidays are are here. I can't. My brain kept like processing it in a way where I thought I was going to have more time between the rush to finish all the end of the year stuff and the holidays where I'd have this period of time to like do the things that I've been pushing off for so long. And now like that time is here and it's so much smaller than I thought it was. It's really weird. Cause we were, I was just talking to somebody about some of the stuff we have planned for like January and February. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's like a couple weeks away. It's yeah. Not like, you know, a whole year away. And now it's, now it's here. I've already booked my first ladies night for the new year. And I'm like, Oh, we are there. We are there. That's weird. Mm-hmm. It's weird. All right. Let's talk about some a 2024 an a 24, 2024 movie. Glad I caught myself with that one. Our first topic of the day is a trailer reaction because the love lies bleeding trailer is here Just in case you don't know what that movie is, here is A24's synopsis. From director Rose Glass comes an electric new love story. Reclusive gym manager Lou falls hard for Jackie, an ambitious bodybuilder, headed through town to Vegas in pursuit of her dream. But their love ignites violence, pulling them deep into the web of Lou's crime family. Maggie, what did you think of the Love Lies Bleeding trailer? I went into it completely blind and I was like, wow. I mean, I kind of felt like it was going to be like a weird one because A24 has, you know, a history, you know, they have a record for the kind of films they have. But I was like, wow, I did not know what was going to happen in the next clip. It was, it was definitely interesting. Yeah. Have you ever seen Rose Glass's first feature, St. Maud? No, I completely missed that one. And now I'm like, well, now I have to check that out because I'm excited about it. I love when someone tells me they've missed a great movie because it means you can experience it for the first time. But for anybody out there who missed St. Maud, so I think I covered that one. It might have been TIFF 2019. And then I think it's one of those releases that got like 
swallowed up or people got a little confused about it because of lockdown and how the distribution mm -hmm. model changed so heavily. So I think it flew a little too far under the radar, but it's an exceptional feature debut. And, you know, it is a, uh, it does it does signal that rose glass is pretty damn good at you know a24's brand of, of of weird unique filmmaking which is very much my kind of filmmaking too and it looks like this movie is going to hit that quite nicely and i love the uh the collaboration of Kristen stewart with katie o'brien too mm -hmm. this could be a huge film for katie o'brien i mean we we've obviously seen her this year in um in uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, mm -hmm. that was a big thing. And then also, and also Mandalorian as well. And and she's definitely building a pretty solid name for herself, but but this is something that I think could put her on the map in a completely different way. And, and I'm excited to see a, a bigger, a, a lead performance from her in this, especially alongside Kristen Stewart. Oh yeah, I loved her tweets about like getting this role and how like she had, literally posted on Twitter, like, if you're looking for a bodybuilder, I'm right here. And then like the process of getting the role and like the chemistry reads and all of this, I'm like really excited that like putting it out there paid off. Yeah. I, and interesting for her career. She's, she's good too. I'm excited yeah. to see her crush this, this role and anyone going to Sundance has a chance to see it because it's going to premiere on the midnight line up there. And, and that right there also, I think signals what kind of movie this is or what direction it's veering in. I mean, again, I would expect it from Rose Glass. I would expect it from 824, but you know, even with other 824 movies, they can fit on other festival lineups. But mm -hmm. I do think the choice to put this in the midnight section does signal that, you know, this could get darker than even the trailer suggests. So I'm curious to see how this one pans out. Same. I am pumped for this. All right. Story number two of the day is a potential Wednesday spinoff. So Netflix apparently is looking to build on the success of Wednesday with a spinoff series focused on Uncle Fester. According to a, a report from Bloomberg, and this is a quote, the company has also started uh, talking about another Adams Family program, one built around Uncle Fester, played on the series by Fred Armisen. As with any TV show in development, there is no guarantee the Uncle Fester show will ever happen. The writers have to figure out the story. The company needs to negotiate contracts with talent, and the schedules of the individuals must align. But Netflix is eager to establish a pipeline of Adams Family programs to build off the success of Wednesday. Do you think this is a good idea, Maggie? No. <laughs> I love the Adams family. I loved Wednesday, but I just feel like of all of those characters that they introduced, Uncle Fester is not the one that I'm like hungry for more stories from. Like I love what Fred did with the role. I thought it was really unique and, and fun. Um, but I just don't think after Wednesday wrapped up, anybody was like, so more Fred, you know, more of a Uncle Fester's story. I don't know. You, I mean, you read my mind. I'm try like I, I try to veer towards the positive and really? and see see the hope in a potential project, even if my knee jerk reaction is this isn't what I would want in yeah. a Wednesday spinoff. But you know, I, I I am having a little bit of a tough time making a case for this. I I do think uh, you know what the character is about, what he's capable of, and the investigation element. Yeah. Maybe that could be something. And especially if you know you give him a like a sidekick, like. Wednesday had and Thing, like if Thing went along with him, maybe that pairing could be interesting or, you know, opportunities to see other characters pop up more maybe. But then I keep coming back to the fact that 
There's a there's a lot of I don't want to to uh, lessen the value of the work that many people did on Wednesday, because I do think that show is an achievement in many, many respects. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the show becoming a pop culture phenomenon and catching on as big as it did, I have to give a lot of that credit to Jenna Ortega. And then after that, to the young ensemble around her, it you know, when a show is that good and you have a star like her at the helm, it does create that that obsessive quality. And I think that's what happened. And that's why you see the dance on TikTok and yeah. all that good stuff. I feel like if you don't make the spinoff about one of those like really big young stars, it's not going to be able to have that same fire under it. And it could wind up being a, you know, I don't want to go as far to say a dud, but but a disappointment in comparison to Wednesday. Absolutely. I mean, when I approach spinoffs, like I want to know, like, what purpose does it serve the original story? And so that's where, like, mm-hmm. I struggle with this one, because while Uncle, Uncle Fester's like storyline was really interesting and like brought a lot to Wednesday, it wasn't the biggest part of it. Like I would almost you know, say that something with her parents would be much more interesting because there's more of an emotional investment in new and original audiences of the Adams family because everyone loves, you know, Gomez and Morticia. So there's like that, you know, their young story could be a really interesting thing. But, you know, maybe this will be like a a prequel to Uncle Fester and we'll get that as a side story. I mean, there's there's ways they could go about it. But my initial reaction was, Really? <laughs> yeah. And, and like, again, like this report said, it's it's in the very early stages. We don't know if this is actually going to happen. But I do I do probably believe that Netflix will move forward with expanding this franchise, given how successful it was for mm-hmm. them. But I, I like your your angle. Like if it was something, you know, more like a prequel, more like an origin story, I think that would have some promise. Yeah. Can I put you on the spot? Sure. Do you have a favorite spinoff series like one that does it really really well um i mean i just looking at netflix and kind of threading off something we talked about yesterday on on dailies the punisher was my favorite like backdoor spinoff like pilot thing out of daredevil that was my like favorite show for a really long time and i think that worked really well as a spinoff and the way that they built that into a show that always almost had the same longevity as the original series um worked really well for me and of course that works because comic books already have that like spinoff quality to them but also looking at like regular spinoffs of things i really did like the book of boba fett i know a lot of people did not like that but i love robert rodriguez and i love his like very family oriented vibes of like the the spy kids of it all kind of worked for me. So I did really enjoy that one. I like parts of book. book Do you have a favorite? I do. So this is fresh in my mind. So the answer was kind of easy when I came up with the question. I think Gen V does it exceptionally well Mm -hmm. where and and I was thinking about this as I was explaining why I think um, Wednesday might not work. And it kind of goes against what I said, because that's an example of a beloved ensemble via the boys that we've all gotten attached to. And, you know, one can wonder, well, how are you going to keep people invested if you bring back like none of those characters? But they did a really exceptional job of expanding that world and introducing a new group of characters to get obsessed mm-hmm. with. And, you know, I just keep thinking about how rich that story is it's 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 wild it's fun it's entertaining it's bloody it's gross but all of that is always backed by these like really hefty like well-woven human truths in all of their stories so it's a show Mm -hmm. that you know kind of like the boys can 
be the best of both worlds. It can be irreverent and, and highly satirical, but also like oddly grounded and meaningful. And you could see yourself in some of these characters. So I think those those two shows together are, are an excellent example of building something strong and then further expanding the world. I agree completely. <laughs> Gen V fans everywhere. All right. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Our last topic of the day is a review, a review I'm very excited about because I love this movie. I got a feeling Maggie loves it too. We are going to review American fiction. I'm going to read the brief synopsis in case you need a little catch up. American fiction is Cord Jefferson's hilarious directorial debut, which confronts our culture's obsession with reducing people to outrageous stereotypes. Jeffrey Wright stars as Monk, a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment, profiting from black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, Monk uses a pen name to write an outlandish black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy and the madness he claims to disdain. Maggie, did you love American fiction as much as I did? I did. No notes. It was perfect. I had such a blast with it. I laughed. I got a little emotional and I just really felt like wholly satisfied by this script and the story and this cast. How great. cool is it that this is Cord Jefferson's feature directorial debut? Granted, he has had success in the T. It's not like he came onto the scene out of out of nowhere, but still, it is his first feature. It's it's really well done. I was like so impressed with it. I had been at Middleburg where this had screened, and I didn't get to see it because it like played off something else I was I was doing that morning. And everybody who came out afterwards just absolutely loved it, and it was so clear that it was going to be the audience pick of that festival, and it was. Yeah, so I see why. It was the audience award winner at TIFF too, which is a major Oscar precursor. I thought this film was phenomenal. I think the I think the script is is super sharp mm -hmm. and thoughtful and it's also got this this really palpable warmth to it because of the family elements of it like the synopsis that i read is very focused on on monk and his professional pursuits and also it's connected to personal ones as well but another really strong element of this movie is is watching him reconnect with his family I think for Monk in terms of how it changes his life and how it inspires him to reprocess things, but also because the other characters, the other family members, and, and also the woman he meets played beautifully by Erica Alexandra, Andra is um, they're, they're so, they're so fully drawn. Like mm -hmm. even if they have less screen time than him, they feel like full living, breathing people. And I feel like it's because they are written really well. And then this movie was filled with actors who knew exactly how to take what was on the page and, and bring the absolute most out of it. In particular, Sterling K. Brown. Oh, my God. God, what he does as uh, Monk's brother Cliff in this 
He's just got, he's got like this electric energy to him, but then he also has so much range with the character where he could be like really boisterous, a big personality, but then he also has these really like quiet, sensitive moments and he navigates that so exceptionally well. He's also got some of the best dialogue too. Some of the snarky comments that he makes yes. is just had me rolling. The the snarky comments and then all he's he's got some like real moments of truth. I don't want to spoil anything, but some of the some of the moments in the movie that moved me most, whether it moved me to sad tears or happy tears, have Cliff at the core. <laughs> and I'm like, you you're doing a lot with this role right now, and I am here for every single ounce of it. Absolutely, he's so good. So just good. It's like really hard to isolate like one performance because everybody brings so much to what the story is telling, and everybody is so connected too. I mean, it go, this this also goes back to the script, but I think one one big reason why American fiction is such a uh, such an effective and powerful family story is because it very clearly conveys how connected everybody is and mm -hmm. the importance of. I feel like the importance of of, of self-worth and, and figuring out what you believe, but also while hearing others out around you. And it's just, yeah. it's done very, very well. And I think it emphasizes the power of this ensemble and how well this movie was cast. Absolutely. So the next, uh, the next question we must tackle with American fiction, because it's, it's December. We're in the thick of award season. We have uh, we have about three weeks to go until Oscar nomination voting begins. How do you think this is going to do on the award season circuit? I hope that it gets a lot of nominations because I feel like it satisfies something that we haven't seen in movies in a really long time. Um, it's something that I like have personally craved for this and the holdovers kind of hits that same like I haven't seen a film like this in like you know 20 years and it, it hits in an emotional point that I really appreciate it. Um, I really hope that it gets a best picture nomination because I think um, I think it is something that needs to happen because it hits it's such a a commentary to the types of stories that generally do do well in like the the Oscar run and I feel like it's a reaction to a lot of that in some ways and that's why I'm like this needs to be pushed to the to for you know the forefront everything doesn't have to be like trauma it can be like a different kind of like it, there's trauma obviously in this but a different kind yeah. of you know reaction to trauma yeah. I keep saying that American fiction and the holdovers are the two movies that are going to be on the rise throughout the season because, you know, they, they are thoughtful. And again, there's there's moments of like real emotional weight and they're, mm -hmm. they're tear jerkers at some points. But they're they're also they're they're impossible movies not to love. They are true crowd pleasers. And I do mm -hmm. think that they're going to benefit from positive word of mouth. But for American fiction in particular, like I, I hate speaking in definitives just because I don't want to make anything sound like a guarantee, but I truly would be shocked if this movie didn't get a best picture nomination. I and it, I think it's firmly in there and I think it deserves to be in there as well. I think Cord Jefferson getting a, a best director nomination might be a little tough, not because he's not deserving, but because this year is especially stacked in that category. But I think we could see someone like him and also Celine Song get first time feature filmmaker honors and other award ceremonies. I think Jeffrey Wright has a very good chance of getting a best actor nomination. Mm -hmm. Sterling K. Brown might have his work cut out for him a little more in the supporting category, just because there's, there's a lot of people that, that could get those, uh, those nods in there. But again, I 
think he's very deserving as well. And then look out for the screenplay to get a nomination. I think it's going to do I think it's going to do very, very well. But one nomination in particular, I really want to see it get. And it kind of ties back to what we were just talking about is I want to see it get a SAG Ensemble nomination. Yes, I think this is one of the best cast movies of the year. And then on top of just being really well cast, I think every single actor in this ensemble has pitch perfect chemistry one with one another while elevating their own characters. I mean, what what is more deserving of an ensemble nomination than than that? A hundred percent. And if it is, I, I plan to vote for it. So I'll squeeze in one last question for you, Maggie, because we're talking about Oscars now. If if not American fiction, what one movie are you rooting for most this season? God, my alliance has been kind of torn between Oppenheimer and The Holdovers this entire season because Oppenheimer, like as a historian, like I've just really appreciated what was done with that movie. But The Holdovers was such a like unexpected movie for me. Like I went into that at Middleburg completely like blind to it. I had not watched the trailer for it. I hadn't really read anything for it. I just went straight into it and I loved how it made me feel. It made me feel very cozy and like comfortable and it felt like a holiday classic. Like I was watching a movie that came out, you know, in the seventies and I was watching it again. It had this quality to it that I personally have craved in movies. But now that I've seen American fiction, now I'm like, oh, now it's like a mm. three way. Like I want these three movies to just pick up as many nominations and awards as possible because it just, it was, I mean, it was a hard year. There's so many good movies. It's isn't that a nice thing though? It's like even even when trying to pick pick my answer, it's like you know probably the ones I'm most passionate about are Oppenheimer, American Fiction, The Holdovers, and Poor Things. And then if I like if I were to pick one potential nominee that I'm rooting hardest for, I, I'm passionate about a lot of the potential nominees. I think this comes from the fact that I'm, I'm very, very concerned right now about him getting bumped out of this category. I want to see Coleman Domingo get nominated for Rustin oh, so God. badly, so badly. And, you know, I know the movie is not going to get a whole lot of Oscar love in other categories. It's basically going to come down to him. And I just think he so deserves to be in that category with those other guys. He's just some like, really a perfect example of, you know, someone almost entirely losing himself in a role and just like really capturing every ounce of 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 mm -hmm. who the real rustin was and like when you just hear about the the layers and layers of work that went into bringing him to screen and then i don't know like making him feel like like the showman that the real person presented himself to be but also making sure that the character did have like that grounded quality where you could kind of like take a peek behind the curtain and really feel what he was truly going going mm -hmm. through throughout throughout all of that I don't know. It's just like special work that I really think needs to be recognized. I have a real soft spot for Rustin because that film here where I live and a lot of my friends worked on it and were stand-ins mm -hmm. for the, the main cast. And so I have a, a real soft spot for that one because it kept all of my friends employed oh, <laughs> right great. after the pandemic. So I'll, I'll take any reason for, for more people to be rooting for that movie. Yeah. All right. As we wind down here, Maggie, I will end with this. What would you like to promote? Is there anything you have been working on that you are especially uh, proud of? I have my uh, Star Trek Prodigy um, interview coming out this week that arrives on Netflix next week on Christmas Day and I want everybody to go watch it so we can continue having stories in this corner of the Star Trek universe because that series I have been obsessed with since 
I saw it at New York Comic Con back in 2021. Uh, it reignited my love for Star Trek in a way that I hadn't felt since Voyager. Uh, and it's just such a perfect show for children, but also for people my age or any age, because it, it hits upon all of the, the truths that Star Trek has kind of always carried and been about in a really fun, creative, insightful way. And I want it to have the seven seasons that they think it could have, because this cast of characters is just so, so wonderful. And I want that cast to stay booked and busy. Oh, that's very well said. You make me want to watch it. Now. I have a lot. I have a lot of Star Trek catching up to do. I was very good for a while, and then I fell behind. And I feel like you fall behind for a second with that franchise. Yeah. You fall way behind. Well, this one's easy. There's, it's the whole season will be dropping on Christmas Day. You can just press play and have some nice. I and should. I nice should. I'm a completist though. Like I like to watch everything of everything it's a problem it's a problem but i will i will try to check that out um i'll tell everybody that ladies night is up and running the most recent episode is with aria mia liberti who starred in all the light we cannot see and she is exceptional in the show she is an exceptional human being and i appreciate her sharing so much of her story with us on ladies night you can watch that on this very youtube channel right now or not right now but immediately after you click out of dailies and then because it's in the can i could say it and not jinx it next week's episode is going to be with maura tierney for the iron claw so keep an eye out for that as well also stay tuned brand new collider dailies coming your way tomorrow at 10 a.m pt me and john i believe so okay yeah. we'll see you tomorrow morning 10 a.m don't miss it